You are listening to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, Episode 8, Avoiding Burnout. Welcome to Behind the Pulpit Podcast. This is Tim Lucas. Hey, this is Nigel. And this is uh, Ryan. We're just three regular guys who are passionate about growing young ministers. If you are a young minister, or maybe you're just thinking about becoming a minister, this show is designed for you. Now, today's show, we're going to be talking about a topic that Tim, one of our faithful listeners... Excuse yeah. me, Tim. I, if I yeah. can cut you off here, uh, before we go on, I think it is very timely that we say congratulations to oh. the <laughs> newborn that you had just last week uh, on your baby, baby girl. Uh, so congratulations on that. And we are so happy for you and Amede and well, very excited for you. Thank you. I'm glad uh, out of the three of us, we finally have one girl. <laughs> we have what? It does this is true. Out of the three of us, I guess this is baby number seven. There you go. So it's like, yeah. it's our first girl. It's funny. No, baby yeah. number um, Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, duh, you have right? two. That's your, that's yes, your, sir. Uh, they're multiplying. Wow. It's weird. The other day, um, Amede said something about... Um, yeah, we're going to the store and um, something about, I hope the kids are good. They're just like, oh yeah, there's kids <laughs> yeah. now, not just kid. Plural. That was kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm thankful the Lord allowed for me to take a full week off. That's awesome. Um, we haven't addressed it on the show yet, um, but at 36 weeks, which for those of you guys who don't know, a typical pregnancy is 40 weeks. So <laughs> four, four weeks out. My wife had appendicitis, Right, had yes. to have the appendix yeah. removed. So the baby is, I mean, very close to full size. And they had to, you know, do surgery on my wife. It's pretty crazy to think that they can do surgery, you know, yeah, we've, um, we and not affect the baby. Exactly. So um, she came through it. It was kind of ended up being a little complicated. Um, they couldn't do a laparoscopic appendectomy which is a normal way they normally do it which is us like with a little camera and very small incisions so i had to do like a four inch incision oh, wow. and then infection got in the wound so they had to reopen it so that healed up probably honestly like it's just amazing god did it so planned it so well i guess because pretty much the day she went in to labor well, ended up being induced but the day she went into the hospital to have the baby was the day that she kind of healed from that. It, it's just amazing how God timed it. Um, and God helped with the, the labor. She did end up being induced, but she was able to do it without any pain meds, Praise which is incredible God. to me. Yeah. Um, we you know, we but, were thinking about that, and my wife was even talking about that. She was like, man, I, I don't know how she's going to do it. But we're yeah. so excited. Yeah, the, the doctors were pretty surprised, too. We went yeah. to the first pediatrician visit, and when the lady heard she's induced, she's like, oh, okay, yeah, and you had your epidural, right? How are you coming from that? Well, I was like, well, no, I didn't. She's like, what? Yeah. You were induced? Yeah. And you didn't have an epidural? So kind of made me feel proud of her, you know? Yeah, she's like, a yeah, strong tough lady. girl. <laughs> um, but anyways, enough about me and my <laughs> family. <laughs> Hey man, that's um, a, that's something worth talking about. So it's, yes. I guess so. It's an and we do. Thing. We want we want you, the listener, to be involved in our lives. We want you to feel like you know us, and hopefully, over the next few episodes, you will know us, and we'll get to know you. Um, which is a good segue 
we had someone in, interact with us on our Facebook page. Actually, they messengered us. They used Facebook Messenger and requested a topic. And we would love for more of you to do that. We want to talk about what you want to hear about, not just what we want to talk about. And so one of our faithful listeners, Jenny Foistel, who we originally knew her as Jenny Reyes. She was in the uh, class with me and Nigel at ABI. Um, interestingly enough, Nigel, she told me that she was scared of both me and you oh my. at first. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was kind of humorous to me, but um, I guess we were, she said we were just a little honest, but over the years she learned to know us and I would consider her a good friend, a yes. close friend. Yes. And uh, Tim, I could totally see that by the way, but I remember, I still remember when I first came to ABI, I remember seeing this kid well young man whatever i only say that because i was what i think i was 28 when i came to abi <laughs> sitting with his leather jacket in the back of the chapel service well it was probably cold <clears throat> man this is, this is september bro this is not cold. <laughs> okay maybe not i don't know i'm trying to make an excuse what's wrong with leather jackets but to be honest with you the majority of the seniors were sitting in the back row with the exception of, I think, Nigel and maybe uh, who else? Yeah, I and think some I, I had my fixed seat right in the front there. Yeah. I always, you know what? I had my fixed seat right next to Nigel. Yeah, that's until true. Until somebody stole it. Somebody I don't remember did, who. And I was upset <laughs> about it for a while. It must have been the beginning of that year because I don't ever remember you sitting up there. No, I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody, somebody stole my did. seat. We, we I, used to sit together in the front, yeah. Every single, yeah. Every single time, yeah. Actually, I don't even, yeah. Actually, even in class, we used to sit in yep. the same row. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. But, cool. <laughs> but so Jenny, yeah, was one of our good friends. Very quickly, I, I felt like, um, became a, a close friend. And she... Uh, remains a close friend today, but she is she listens and is very encouraging. She tells us frequently how much she's she enjoys it, and and seems to always be anticipating the next episode. So that always makes us want to do the next episode, knowing people are like that. Right. But we want more of that interaction. We have the privilege of already knowing her and her being a good friend. But we want those of you who maybe we don't know yet. People like Philip, we talked about you last episode. We want to know you better, and we hope you get to know us better. And the reason I know Philip's name is because he interacted with us on our Facebook. And so we really encourage each one of you listening. I'm talking to you, not everybody, the group, but you individually. Right on our Facebook wall, messenger us. What do you want to hear? What do you want us to change? Who do you want us to interview? Yep. So the topic we're talking about. Um, which I mentioned in the introduction, is burnout. Jenny asked us to talk about that. She knows that that's a very important subject. She specifically referenced um, that she knows that we and her husband are similar and that we take on a lot of responsibility. Before we really start, you have to address what burnout is. And so, Ryan, you were mentioning you found something that highlighted the differences between stress and burnout. And that's probably something that can be a little difficult to tell the difference in, especially in the uh, type of lives we live now where we're always stressed. What is the difference between stress and burnout? Yeah, thanks, Tim. And there is a lot of information on burnout. Just just going to put that out there. I mean, it's uh, it's becoming... It has been an issue, but it's definitely becoming more of an issue with just, 
you know, we have all this, all this technology that's supposed to make our lives simpler, but the reality is it's just making it so much more complicated, busy, basically nonstop. And so the thing about stress, stress, there, stress and burnout are not the same. Um, this one article says it is not possible, basically without a frontal lobotomy, to live without stress. Uh, <laughs> the term came from physics, the application of sufficient force to an object to distort it. So stress comes from outside the organism, causing your body to respond in either fight or flight. Um, so uh, stress is just the transaction that takes place between you and your environment. Um, and, you know, a lot of us deal with stress. I mean, everyone deals with stress. I have a 40-minute commute to work. And let me tell you something. Uh, I have to have Daily Auto Bible playing <laughs> in my car. I have some music because it is stressful. And I just want to keep my salvation. On Monday mornings, I have uh, Behind the Pulpit podcast playing on my phone. Shameless plug. <laughs> And then I go to BehindThePulpitPodcast.com and I usually try to uh, leave a comment or I go to uh, uh, Facebook.com slash BehindThePulpitPodcast to uh, check up how things are going. Man, you're like a star listener. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, try to, I try to take care of the, you know, I, I want to support what is actually benefit, you know, beneficial out there. And, yeah. um, you know, I really feel like this is beneficial and, uh, and I've heard a lot about the guys who do this. Um, and I know at least two of them are pretty good guys. Uh, there's one that we're still not too sure about. Um, yeah. That Tim guy, <laughs> man, tell you what, well, I was going to say the one that has the issues with hair, uh, but nobody really sees well, that. Honestly, so they... if people were to see our, uh, videos right now, I think it would be Nigel and Tim <laughs> that they're concerned about with their hair. We both look like we just jumped out of bed. That's so true. No offense, Nigel. Yeah, when in reality, I'm the only one who actually jumped out of bed, uh, but you can't tell. So, but this, this, uh, this article does break down the the differences between burnout and stress. And it says burnout is a defense characterized by disengagement, whereas stress is characterized by overengagement. Burnout is the emotions, the emotions become blunted. And with stress, those emotions become overreactive. In burnout, the emotional damage is primary. In other words, it's directly related to you. In stress, the physical damage is primary so emotional damage with burnout and just physical uh, damage with stress. The exhaustion of burnout affects motivation and drive, whereas the exhaustion of of stress affects physical energy. And I think that's huge that that we'll be talking about. It's just if that that motivation and that drive just basically disappears. Burnout produces demoralization of oneself, whereas stress produces disintegration. Burnout can best be understood as a loss of ideals and hope, whereas stress can best be understood as a loss of fuel and energy. The depression of burnout is caused by the grief engendered by the loss of ideals and hope. The depression of stress is produced by the body's need to protect itself and conserve energy. The burnout produces a sense of helplessness and hopelessness, Whereas stress produces a sense of urgency and hyperactivity. 
Burnout produces paranoia, depersonalization, and detachment, whereas stress produces panic, phobic, and anxiety-type disorders. And lastly, burnout may never kill you, but your long life may not seem worth living. And stress may kill you prematurely, and you won't have enough time to finish what you started. It seems like if you summed that up, it's saying stress makes you want to do more, and burnout makes you want to get out. Yeah, I mean, stress, you have the desire to do more, but you just are physically running out of energy yeah. to do it. With burnout, you just it attacks your the drive and the desire that you have to continue to do what you once loved. So you, you, you get done with whatever that, that was exciting to you once and... You just want to quit and be done with it. You hate to see it. And the, you know, the the one thing that we want to talk about first is the, just the avoiding, the trying to avoid getting to that place in your ministry. Uh, and, because and, and in ministry related, uh, yes, that's what uh, where we're going with this is something that is passionate to us, and uh, and when you get involved in ministry. If you get to a place of burnout, basically, even though you loved it once, if you come to yeah. a place of burnout, you'll turn away from something that you love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about this, and honestly, I haven't really done much much research on it until recently. And so I was praying about it in the car one day and it just popped in my mind and I think it was the Lord reminded me of a lamp and the fact that an oil burning lamp which is the only kind of lamps that were in the Bible cannot possibly burn out as long as there's oil in it but as soon as you lose oil the lamp will keep burning but it's the wick that's burning and it won't be long before the wick is burnt up and so I think one of the keys uniquely applicable to ministry is we have to keep oil. Right. That's true. If we don't have the spirit, if we're preaching without anointing, right. If we're witnessing without anointing, if we're, we're just working without the spirit, we will burn out. It, we, the symptoms may not show up right away because we still have the wick that's burning, but you can't burn the wick for very long. But as long as there's oil in the tank, the wick will not burn. Right. And so I, I think that's one key is that if we can keep the spirit, and I know that's an oversimplistic answer, and obviously that's not the only answer or we'd be done with our, <laughs> with our show. Right. There's a lot more to talk about, but I think that's kind of has to be the baseline yeah. because ministry is different from a corporate career. That's true. And so things you talk about in, in corporate world, how not to burn out in a job, how not to burn out in some, you know, entrepreneurial uh, type thing is a, there, there's a slightly different component that is applicable to us. And that component, I think, is the spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and in those things that the, the drive for what you're doing is two different aspects in the corporate world uh, as an entrepreneur. Uh, your drive is to expand your business or climb up the corporate ladder or whatever. 
But in ministry, uh, it is the sheer drive is the love. And because you love God and you love the things of God, that's why you're doing it. And if, if you get to the point of burnout and you haven't taken care of the basic, simple things, uh, it, it will catch up very quickly because your drive, your passion, your, your enthusiasm will, will dry out just, just like what you said, Tim. And I think, uh, uh, this is something that has been really coming to me as well uh, while I've been thinking about this topic and just praying about it and, and looking at some different articles. And because I really have not uh, given much thought about burnout until just just when it came up, you know, and uh, I've I've realized and looking back in my life that there were times that I did get burnt out and, yeah, and the, sure. the road to recovery is hard because yeah. you have to get back to the place where you first found God. You've got to get to that place where uh, this was exciting and, and, and uh, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to you. And so it's just coming out of it. It takes so much more time than if you would avoid getting into it, you know? So if you can t take care of your devotion life, if you can take care of keeping that fuel burning from the get-go, you will never get to the place of burnout. So you want to avoid it. Right, and I think you know a lot of the stuff we've been talking about has kind of <clears throat> led up to this, you know, about devotions and moral failure and... Uh, and then hearing some of the you know the great things that brother lucas had to say in in the in our interview with him that having these things set up in your life prayer consistent prayer and not just not just praying for your meals but spending time alone with god i mean that that is one of the the first things that pops up on on all the prevention and 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 uh recovery both prevention and recovery is is keeping that relationship established because there's so much pull on a minister by those who are in need and that's you know that's usually what drives people to get into ministry in the first place right is is that desire to do god's will and god's will is to feed his sheep god's will is right. to spread his word and and people are needy they they need us to be full of the Holy Ghost. and But you have to find time for that. It's not just going to make itself, it's not just going to appear, especially for minister, young ministers who have kids, brand new kids, have young wives who desire a relationship with their husband and, and these young kids who are constantly, you know, who, who d want and deserve our attention. Couple that with church and with preaching and with developing our our ministry and growing trying to grow our ministry sometimes all that together can push out those things that were the foundation of of our walk with Christ now is a relationship with him in prayer in reading of his word it, and it, and that's you know and and like you said that's that's like popping a hole in the bottom of the oil and it's like the oil's draining 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 nothing's filling it back up filling it back up and like you said, Tim, I mean, 
I think that was a great thing that God showed you, just that your wick, because we can run on what we know to do for a while, but eventually, as we'll talk about, there are things that'll start to start to pop up and things that'll start to happen, these signs of, of uh, a potential burnout. Yeah, especially you mentioned we have you know kids that take our time we have wives and then don't forget that you know we also have a careers you know as the new term bivo ministers i guess they're too busy to say bivocational ministers um you know it's funny at work guys will say well you know me and my wife did this, and I'm like, how do you have time to do th- all that? And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's almost like I have two full-time jobs. That's true. Not quite. I don't put in 40 hours at, at the church, but I probably put in 25, at, you know, maybe more. And so working 65 hours on average plus family and kids, it doesn't leave you much time to do other things. And so I think we have to be very intentional with our time. And honestly, that is a weakness of mine. I, I think every episode I've talked about a weakness of mine, but that's one of them. I have I really, really need to do better about being intentional with my time. And that probably is something that could easily be important in avoiding burnout. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, God created us to be creatures of balance. We need we we last a long time if we're balanced and that's true you know there's a spiritual side of us and there's an emotional side of us and there's a physical side of us and one thing that is plaguing especially dare i say the pentecostal apostolic movement people is we just don't take care of ourselves physically and there are a lot of people that are overweight that are very unhealthy um, and that is, I mean, that is very important as well. Now, I granted, I understand, you know, you know, bodily exercise, you know, exercise profiteth little, you know, but at the same time, if you want to have a, a long standing ministry and do many great things, you have to take care of yourself as a whole. Right. And hold on though, that scripture, I just want to clarify this because, so I memorized first Timothy and in that, I noticed most people take that scripture out of context. It's not talking about running half marathons and marathons and triathlons. So he says, uh, let me think. It's been a while since I've checked myself. But he says, um, For bodily exercise profit a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. But you have to go back to the verse before it to see what he's actually saying. And he says, but refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So because of these two contrasting ideas, we can see clearly when he says bodily exercise, he's referring to the profane and old wives' fables that's mentioned in the previous verse. What are those 
profaning old wives' fables. Now, they are the old Jewish traditions, and specifically, go back and see a few verses before what he said. And he starts off the chapter this way. He says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And here's a little bit clearer picture of some of the things that those people proclaim. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from each which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth for every creature of God is good and nothing be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained but refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness for bodily exercise profiteth little but godliness is profitable unto all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come so what he's actually saying here is forget about all these old traditions and these old wives sayings these myths that the jews like to tell the jewish traditions that people have filled their heads with but have and don't have anything to do with those but instead exercise all rather unto godliness and it's interesting um, we don't focus on that, that it's an exercise to get godliness. They say, oh, you don't need to exercise. Um, go ahead and be, be a slob because there's no profit. The Bible there is not talking about physical exercise. He's not talking about lifting weights. He's, so uh, there's actually, I don't know anywhere in the Bible that it really addresses physical exercise. But in my opinion, that scripture is not talking about it. I'll probably cut all that out. It's Thank you for that, Tim. I mean, that, you know, that's... Well, I think it's interesting because I have heard multiple, multiple preachers use that scripture in that context. Um, yeah. But, you know, the other thing is... Because they don't exercise and they don't want to and they want to eat their donuts. Right. And, Sorry. And in this, when the Bible was written, I mean, people didn't need to exercise outside of living because they lived Life moderate was, lifestyles. Yeah. They ate, they ate yeah. pretty much healthy stuff. I mean... And they walked everywhere. Yeah, yeah. they didn't have desk and they had jobs. Exer- they exercised on their job. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. And uh, but uh, you know, the, with the lifestyle that we live, exercise at least some form of exercises is. I feel like it's a necessity. You, it has to be yeah. there uh, at some form or another. Especially when you have a family. The great thing that I like to do with Janine and the kids is we just go for walks. That's what we yeah. do. And it's a great yeah. time with your family, and you can kind of walk a little faster and get the heart rate going. It ends up being a nice little exercise. Um, it's interesting. So I don't know why that triggered this thought, but it reminded me of, of a guy named Dr. Hart. Um, he's kind of become popular among ministers, among our ministers recently. My pastor, Pastor Hodges, is a big proponent of some of his teachings. And specifically, he talks about the stresses on a pastor's life. And he especially is also talking about stress that leads to burnout. And he says, well, exercise is very important. Sleep is very important. And that's something that definitely will affect you. If you're not getting enough sleep, you will wear down and you will break. Because that's what stress does. You know, you think about stress on a board. If you have a two by four, you can put stress on it so long and it'll bend, it'll bend, it'll bend, and then it breaks. And whether it's your body that breaks, you have a nervous breakdown, you'll break. If you're not getting good sleep, eventually you'll break. 
Um, but it, the, the thing that came to my mind right now is he has a policy and my pastor really encourages us to do this. Very few of us probably do it to the level we need to, but it is, um, divert daily. So take an hour every day to divert from ministry and just do something that you enjoy. Uh, that could be exercise, could be jogging or painting or something that you enjoy a hobby. So it's divert daily withdraw weekly. So that's basically having a Sabbath. He is a, my pastor is a very strong proponent of having one day a week where you don't do any ministry related things. Preferably you don't do any work, anything stressful that you're bought. You just do nothing. Um, and that's found in the Bible and the principle of the Sabbath, which of course we don't keep out of the law, but the Bible does say that man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man because the Sabbath is good for man. Right. Right. And so it's good for us to have a day that we don't do anything, a chance for our body to recuperate and recover. And then, uh, see, so it's divert daily, withdraw weekly, uh, and then abandon annually. And he actually says you should leave. I think, for a full month and maybe two weeks. I can't remember, but you need to abandon that your congregation cannot contact you, that your phone is off. You go on a vacation with your family and completely abandon. I actually remember um, this from uh, his leadership class at uh, mm-hmm. ABI and I've got it yes. written in my Bible and uh, I try to try to do it as much as I can. And uh, it's, it's one of the best things I've ever heard. <laughs> it's not something I can do right now. I can't afford to take two weeks off, you know, um, but it's something that I think we need to keep in the back of our mind and aim for to start doing as soon as possible. And if not two weeks, a weekend, or maybe to, and when we abandon to th- remember on vacation, I'm abandoning to have that concept in mind that I'm not withdrawing, I'm abandoning, I'm getting completely away. And I know that really, I I referenced this in, I think our episode on um, spiritual disciplines or or, I mean, on devotions. But when I was able to go into the desert and camp for like uh, two nights, it, was so rejuvenating and refreshing and I came back with so much passion and I was ready to take on the world. I wasn't burnt out before I went, but it refilled my tanks. And I right. think that even just one weekend, yeah. I was in the desert, my phone hardly worked. I I did a hike and at the top of the of a mountain I hiked up, I had a little bit of reception so I was able to communicate with my wife for about 30 minutes. And that was it. I mean, I didn't have reception. I didn't talk to people. I didn't have, I had my phone off. So I basically read my Bible and had a few other devotional books that I read and that was it. And then it was quiet. And so I had, you know, camp, like camp chores, like building fire, cooking, um, things like that to do to keep me busy. But it was, I was abandoning. I was totally out there and I loved it. And I, I wish I could do it more. Yeah. That, that brings a subject that, uh, you know, most of the time we uh, in the ministry are, um, are pushed or maybe pressured, if I can use that term, pressured to just do, do, do. And yeah. uh, we don't take enough time 
to do these things, withdraw weekly, divert, divert daily, and and abandon yearly. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. we we are taught you gotta be doing, you gotta be doing, and and this is what leads people to get burned out because right. they don't take care of their emotional needs. They don't. Uh, cut themselves off where they can uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, recuperate. I know that right. in 1999, um, Brother Stone King came uh, and he was teaching the Bible school students. And uh, I've never forgotten this, you know, the philosophy that he had mentioned, that, that every man needs a cave. Every man needs a cave. That because we deal with people so much, uh, the moment that we step out, when we're in ministry, we deal with people, and you have to get away from people. And when you look in the scripture, uh, Jesus did this almost every single time that he ministered. He would he would withdraw from people. He will go in the desert. He will find a place where he will pray and meditate. He will even get away from the disciples. He took the inner circles, the, the just the three. And, and even from them, he, he distanced himself. And, and, at, uh, you know, Brother Song can use this, uh, analogy when the, the woman touched him and the Bible says that virtue went out of him. Um, you know, whenever we are ministering, virtue is going out of us. Goodness is going out of us and, and it is draining us. And if you don't take time to recuperate and find a cave where you can just cut off from everything and everyone, uh, you will just definitely burn out. And, and that is very important. And that's what Brother Stone King was saying. That he, he does that. He does that um, as much as he can, that when he goes out and ministers, he comes home and his home is the cave. You know what I mean? He comes and recuperates. He's like, it's like it's it's like a five star hotel. You just come in and just get in there and shut yourself from the world. And he said at at one time he had uh, he had done a little too much, and he was so tired, and he went into um, you know he went and got himself a, a, a hotel, not a hotel. It was just a cabin in, in the very interior uh, forest. And all he did was just slept, woke up, ate, slept again, woke up, slept. And after the third day, he just began to feel a little normal. And sometimes you have to just do that, you know what I mean? And don't think that you always have to just keep on doing yeah, um, me and Amede have, well, I guess more, I have told Amede how fun I thought it would be if we would rent a cabin and all three of us go somewhere off remote, maybe with a lake that we could fish at or something and spend a weekend oh, or a week. That would be awesome. And all our kids could play together. And uh, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun to me. Seven kids. That would, would be, be busy. <laughs> crazy, but fun. Memorable. Yeah. I don't I know how much uh, recuperating we would do, <laughs> but... Well, okay, let's put it this way. The, we would be recuperating. We would be recuperating fishing while they were babysitting. <laughs> yes. Edit that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I'll leave it in there. <laughs> no, I, um, honestly, I think that would be 
you know, because that that's that's another and that that segues perfectly because another thing that helps, especially ministers and young ministers, is you have to have a connection with other ministers, someone that you can that you can speak to on an intimate level trust yeah and you know share your secrets with them share your problems and and what you're going through because bottling that up it just it's gonna end up exploding i think this uh, that's that's the biggest myth that that we have that a minister cannot share his um uh, difficulties and problems and all of that you know what i mean you have to realize that if you're in, involved in ministry, you are as human as the next individual. And uh, right. to tell a minister that he has to be uh, a superhuman and not be affected by anything, uh, we, then you immediately you put so much pressure on, on his um, life. And I think you're so uh, right, Ryan, when you say that, yes, develop a circle of friends uh, friends that you can trust, friends you can talk to, and and relax and be yourself and not uh, have to pretend to be anybody else. And I think that just automatically you'll you'll get energy and recuperate. You know. Yeah, what, you know we go back to the analogy of a board, a two by four, a two by four, the same exact amount of stress on it will hold a lot more stress without breaking, if there's another 2x4 under it. Or even better, if there's two 2x4s set up in a triangle under it. That's going to support that that board. And, and so if we have those ministry-minded relationships, which we've referenced so many times in this podcast, it's you're going to be able to handle stress a lot better. You're not going to burn out um, and I know that's so true for me that the times in my life when I haven't had as close communication as I do now with you guys, I've, it's been more of a challenge to stay focused and passionate. Um, and just talking na- with you guys naturally, I think you guys probably would agree. It's just almost natural. You can, you can withstand a lot more. If you get a little off track, it's like, oh, yeah, I got to get back, passionate and working hard, and, and you don't get to slide off as far. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to read this scripture that has been in my mind, um, and, and God has been dealing with me uh, about a few things, and this has been the scripture that has been in my mind, uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. And uh, Paul, Paul, or the writer of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that is a great start. But this is where I would like to focus. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, God has been dealing with me to realize that the sacrifices that and the commitments that I make in my personal life, in my devotion, um, you know, the fastings that I do, the the time that I spend in my prayer, the time that I spend in in my in reading the Word and the, the devotion, 
the things that nobody else sees, if if I will commit myself to that in building that relationship with God, for the joy that is set before Him, He endured the cross. And so, if you can, if you can realize that there is a joy that is set before us, it doesn't matter what we will go through. We will, we will always keep that focus in mind that there's something good about to come. This is something good that's going to come, you know. And doesn't matter how hard you'll be working, yeah, the fasting, the praying, the re- reading the word, it will pay off when you see a life's change. People receive the Holy Ghost. People uh, baptize in Jesus' name. You know, signs, wonders, miracles happening. Those are the things that is said before us, but we've got to be careful. Don't lose focus of all of that. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of times people, when talking about burnout, seem to think that the cause of burnout is taking on too much, mm. trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be rude, but give me a break. <laughs> Paul did a whole lot more. His life, 100%, basically, was ministry. Jesus, his life was ministry, and that didn't, they didn't burn out. So, the, the, now, yes, I understand we can overload ourselves. And I think, actually, this is an interesting analogy someone shared with me. They say, you know, that it's like we start on this mountain of ministry, and Jesus hands us these two small rocks and says, carry these to the top of the mountain. And so we start on our way, and pretty soon we meet another friend that's going up the mountain and we start talking to them and they say, Hey, can you carry this rock for me? Say, sure. We take that rock, meet somebody else and they hand us a rock and halfway up the mountain, we have, we're loaded down with all these rocks and our backpacks are full of rocks. And we're like, God, I can't do this. You've weighed me down so much. And he's like, hold on, hold on. I just gave you two rocks, you know? And so often we can take on things that God didn't give us. So that's different. But ministry, doing ministry is not the cause of burnout. Or else Paul would have burned out. Peter would have burned out. I mean, these guys, they gave their life for it. And then you look at in the business world, there's guys that work 90 hours a week and they don't burn out. They build a business because they're passionate about it. So, and I, I understand, I'm not trying to be... No, I, 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 mean, I, I get it. We can do too much. And that, that can be a cause of burnout. You know what I'm saying? I, I understand what you're saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. That if you know why you're doing it, if you're passionate right. about it, if you love it with all your heart, mind, and soul, um, burnout would not be a question here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, but, when we lose that focus, yes, it's very easy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw myself here and become vulnerable. Okay, um, in in Fiji, uh, you know, I was in full time ministry, and uh, before the doors opened to uh, to be here in uh, the states to go to Bible college, I was after the missionaries left. I felt. Everything was on my shoulder, and it wasn't really, but I felt like that, and that I had to, I had to run the uh, bookstore. I had to be the, uh, you know, I managed the print house where 
we printed all the tracks, printed all the books for Sunday school, printed, I did all of that. Then I was teaching uh, Bible school, day classes and night classes. Um, then preaching in the weekends. I was the youth president. I absolutely was just drowning in all of the things that I was doing. And I lost my focus. My, my devotion kind of slipped away. My, my focus kind of slipped away why I was doing all of these things. It became just a job. It became tasks that I had to complete. I, I, I've lost focus totally. And I feel that really I was going down the road of burnout, that I just wanted to be done from all of it. Um, and, and I think, I believe that God knew uh, what was happening. He knew exactly the road I was going to. And before I, I reached that point, God opened a different door so that I would get a renewed vision. Uh, and and it, it was so good to come to ABI and begin to just, it was a place of recovery. It was a place of uh, recuperation. It was a place to revive that dream and the 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 visions that God had given me. It, it was a place that uh, I, I saw myself again, why I was doing what I was doing. And so don't get too busy and lose the focus. Uh, keep your focus. Why are you doing it? A part of that is learning when to say no, which when you're young and you're eager to do things, which you had gotten so caught up in all the things you said yes at that. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're expending all this, but you're not, it's not like what we talked about. There was no balance. Yeah. There was no boundaries uh, that I set for myself and could not say no. And that's, you're so true. I couldn't say no. I mean, you feel guilty because it's part of the ministry and it's, yeah. you know, it's how, yeah. <laughs> how can you say no to teaching, yeah, bio, no. you know, teaching classes? If I and, don't do it, if I don't do it, who else, right. who else will do it? You know what I mean? And it just, you, you put it all on your shoulders. And, and I had to come here to learn to say no. <laughs> uh, in Fiji, I couldn't say no. I just did not know how. But I think coming to America uh, taught me how to say no. That no, I, there's a little too much on my plate. Uh, I cannot do it. I'm sorry. Uh, you might offend some some people once or twice, but then they'll soon realize that you have a focus. You know. Right. And I think a great thing to learn, as far as me looking from the outside in. And from all those ministers out there who feel like they can't say no, feel like if it doesn't happen, I guess what I'm trying to say is all those things that you were doing when you left, everything did not implode on itself and come crumbling down. That I'm sure that true. the ministry and all those things that you were a part of are still going strong. Yeah. That's true. It, they had to hire six more people, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, in that, in <laughs> that is that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you did the work of six men. That is that is. Uh, yeah. yeah, my pastor, my pastor was saying uh, not too long ago, God was really dealing with him about going on vacation, and he was like, "God, I can't. Who's going to take care of the church while I'm gone?" Right. <laughs> 
And God's like, who do you think take cares of it while you're there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we have to remember we're, we're in God's business. He's got it under control. We're That's not the true, star. Man. That's and true. yes, we're important to the kingdom, but his kingdom has lasted for thousands of years and it's going to keep on going after we're gone. Um, That's so true. And, and so I think the balance, I realized after I, I said that, that doing things is not the cause of burnout. At the point where you're doing things that causes you to do less devotional life, you're going to burn out. Yeah. So if you're doing things that are taking the place of devotion, then those things indirectly will cause burnout. But it's because you're not doing the devotion life. I remember hearing a quote from, I believe it was Martin Luther, who said, I'm so busy today, I'll have to pray three hours today instead of his, I think it was one and a half, or I think it was two hours he normally prayed. But he said, I'm so busy today, I have so much to do, I'm going to have to pray three hours today. And so it's an interesting way to look at it. It reminds me of a book I'm reading called Too Busy Not to Pray. Right. I think that's a very important mindset for us to develop. Um, well, we're kind of getting close on time. Ryan, why don't you uh, wrap this all together? Well, I think, what, I think what Nigel ended with is a great segue into the next episode that we're going to be doing. And that's basically, so we talked about how to... Uh, avoid burnout uh, in our, you know, the next one we're going to be talking about how to recognize it and to recover from it. Uh, because yeah, like Nigel was saying, you, sometimes you don't know that, that it's happening to you until you take a, take a breath and you're like, okay, I'm smack dab in the middle of this thing. Right. And yeah. you don't want it to swallow you up because ultimately that is, uh, against that is Satan's number one goal against ministers. He would love for you for your ministry to die because either a, you yeah. overwork, you have moral failure, you lack devotional yeah. life, whatever he can do to cause your ministry to fail or for you to stop yeah. doing what you're doing. He's succeeded. And right. we do not want that to happen because we need more ministers now than we've ever needed. Amen. And that's part of our vision for this show because we see the, the, the huge importance of young ministers to step up and say, I am going to give my life for the kingdom of God. Right. We, this podcast, we want to do two things. One, to get more young ministers. Two, to help the young ministers who are already working to not quit that they will make it to the very end that they will make they'll finish the race they'll fight the good fight and last till the end that's in a nutshell what we want to do of course we're a little more specific in how we want to do that but that's really our our goal and i i think actually that just reminded me one of the important things that they talk about in business in any kind of big project you're on is you have to know the why Why are you doing it? Right. And, you know, they're like, yeah, maybe one person is successful in this business because they know the why. Why That's are you true. doing it? Yeah. And if you know the why, you'll push through all the, the, the disappointment and the difficulties if you remember your why. Right. All of us 
almost all of us started with the same why and we just have to keep that we have to remember it why am i doing this and don't forget it if we can keep the why in our mind our devotion life will will stay strong if we can keep the why in our mind the stress won't get to us we'll be able to push through because there's going to be hard times right but if we remember the why the as you said nigel the hope that is laid up for us the joy that's in front of us when we get to heaven yes that's why we're doing it that's our why yes because if i can take one more person with me to heaven it's all worth it right that's my why amen and i think that's huge amen um so real quick to sum this up we've talked about a lot in this episode we talked about the difference between stress and burnout Stress makes you want to do more. Like you feel like you don't have enough time. You got to get more done. Burnout makes you want to quit. It makes you want to disengage and the ways to avoid that. One, the keys are spirit. You have to refill the spirit in your life. Two, love. It's got to be out of love for people and a love for God. One of the most important things in maintaining that love, maintaining the spirit is our devotional life. Right. And finally, you got to know your why. Those are ways you can avoid burnout and maintain your ministry. Keep going strong to the end. So Ryan mentioned in our next episode, we're going to be talking about how to recognize if you are burnout and how to recover from burnout, how to come back because burnout is not the end. You can come back. That's what we're going to be talking about next episode. If you want to see the show notes from this episode, check out Behind the Pulpit Podcast dot com slash eight we would love to hear from you we reference it in the beginning we really 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 want to hear from each and every one of you how can we serve you better what do you want us to talk about who do you want us to interview what do you think of this show how has it helped you if it has it all you can contact us at facebook.com slash behind the pulpit podcast or you can email us if you have something longer to say at contact at behindthepoetpodcast.com. Until next episode, remember, you matter to the kingdom of God. Behind the Pulpit Podcast.